Monday Night Raw podcast on the shadows. It's Blake doing the damn thing. WWA. What's going on, everybody? It's working yesterday, so I missed the first two segments. I did see a couple of replays, um, but all in all, we uh, we got to see some good stuff. I know that it was a great opening to the show, and I know that um, it was a cool first match just to progress some storyline. So we had. Uh, Universal Champion Seth Rollins came down to the ring apparently with his chair that he beat Brock Lesnar with if, in um, Saudi Arabia during the uh, attempted cash-in. But, oh, uh, oh, well, and, you know, this uh, brings out Baron Corbin, who was received by the San Jose crowd uh, beautifully, <laughs> in my opinion, as far as uh, heel heat goes. It's really good stuff to see uh, Baron Corbin embracing this spot. I think he has like a new tattoo or something like that. And, you know, he's he's really uh, meshing with the character and he's developing as a WWE superstar. It's really good to see. I'm, I'm very proud to uh, see how far he's been able to come. And now he's in the Universal Championship picture. He said he was, a, you know, a main event level uh, talent, a uh, championship level talent. He should be competing for it. All of this stuff that he said on Talking Smack, we're finally seeing it uh, come to fruition. So it's excellent. And I'm very happy that that's all the case. So we know that MSF Rollins is going to be going out of the stomping grounds two weeks, streaming live on the WWE network. And you know, Seth pretty much tells you he doesn't have any friends. Marin Gordon, and this brings out Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. And I believe this sets up a one on one matchup in the main event. With, uh, with Kevin Owens taking on the Universal Champion, so uh, that was a good segment. Eventually, we did get Sami Zayn to talking with Shane O'Mac in the back, and he was, uh, uh, they, you know, everyone was still a little upset. They said referee uh, John Cohn wasn't uh, doing his job as efficiently as he could, so Sami wanted to be an extra pair of eyes and ears, and pretty much that's how Shane O'Mac. Uh, made it happen. So Sami Zayn was going to be an, an outside of the ring referee, an outside official, and uh, I believe something close to what Elias was doing a couple of weeks back. And, you know, that that, that works. So we got uh, Kevin Owens underneath the wild card rule, <laughs> and he's going to be taking on Seth Rollins. So not bad. We move into the Lost Sullivan match against the uh, against the lucha house party where it was a three-on-one elimination handicap match now we're gonna try to make too too much sense of it and only because most of the internet is ready for Lars sullivan to uh take on another superstar maybe a superstar that he's gonna have more of a challenge against i mean i don't know who it could be i don't have any uh predictions or but so have you like to pick on your own or pick on somebody your own size thing does kind of come to mind but only at this point because you know he's been he's taken on you know three guys that are really really small the beatdown looked awesome that shout out to the lucha house party for you know really selling that third part of you know offense in the ring but yeah large sullivan doing the beatdown no no bleeding this time. He really just showed that he's capable of beating all three of them at the same time. Through Kalisto on the pinatas, giant running power bomb. Uh, you know, let's say Dorado. A lot of a lot of beat up, but it, uh, just 
It's a really strong showing from Lars. So, uh, you know, I like Lars. I always did. I was waiting for him to, you know, show up on the main roster, and now he's here. So, um, you know, it's uh, at this point, a lot of the people on the Internet are saying they would like to see him get into a new rivalry. So we can hope, and we'll, we'll just see how the storyline with Lars Sullivan continues to develop and who's uh, next on his list. So uh, with that, now we're going to get into the main show. Ms. TV segment up next. Ms. and special guest, the United States champion, uh, Samoa Joe. I would say the new United States champion, but he's not. He never really lost the United States championship. He's, uh, you know, his shoulder was up off the mat. And, you know, we clearly saw last week Rey Mysterio did a very honorable thing, very heroic thing. And, uh, giving the championship back to Samoa Joe. Most people wanted, uh, you know, a competition of some sort for, you know, the United States champion to battle for his championship back. But, eh, it's a good look from WWE to ensure that Samoa Joe is, you know, portrayed as somebody who never really lost a championship. So, uh, you know, he's out there in the ring with Miz. Him and Miz going at it. Miz is asking, you know, like, you know, you, you, did you have to really beat him down? You know, face turn Miz has been well accepted and well received by the WWE Universe. So, very good. And I figured that they were going to get into, uh, you know, one-on-one uh, rivalry where the Miz would be uh, chasing after, well, yeah, chasing after or challenging for eventually the United States Championship one-on-one against Samoa Joe. No, no. This brings out uh, Braun Strowman, Cesaro, Bobby Lashley, and Ricochet. And these guys all want to uh, stake a claim to the United States Championship. I'm extremely happy to see the United States Championship getting this form of attention. After, you know, however long it's just been, like, kind of, you know, floating around. And I wouldn't call it floundering. You know, it's unfortunate, again, that Ray had to suffer the injury he did but I'm pretty sure that Samoa Joe is more than hungry so you know bro breaks out this turns into a six-man tag team match the Miz uh excuse me the Miz Ricochet and uh give me a moment the Miz Ricochet and Braun Strowman uh went at it against Samoa Joe Bobby Lashley and uh Cesaro and it was a complete complete banger of a match it was awesome it was fast-paced very high octane action these guys went at it for a good amount of time there was a couple early commercial breaks and it was it was the commercial breaks to me this time felt like it was like man we're anticipating seeing the rest of this match because these guys are going at it Ricochet did get the tag into the ring and went on a complete tear. He also did take a fair amount of punishment. And him and Cesaro were beautiful together. Cesaro got a big swing on the Miz with, I think, for about 25, 30 seconds. You know, he was just spinning them around. And that's, it was great. It was awesome athleticism from everybody's side. A little bit of a miscue from uh, the ring apron to the outside with... Uh, Miz flipped uh, Ricochet over his head and he was supposed to land on Bobby Lashley 
small miscues a little far off but all in all the spot looked great all six competitors went and braun Strowman did his role a couple times great stuff did a kip up him and bobby lashley totally showed out now saudi mania is one thing and we love the kingdom of saudi america excuse me <laughs> the kingdom of saudi arabia i'm just seeing some of the video packages run back and seeing the crowd and how much fun they were all having and how seriously uh, how you know how much they've taken to the product man with the fireworks and everything else it was a really good look and i'm i'm 100 percent behind wwe affecting some form of world change by going over there i know that there's a lot of controversy surrounding it but I believe that if anybody was to be able to do it, just like JBL said, I think that WWE is going to be able to pull that off. I know I said it might sound a little crazy, but at the same time, this is real advocacy. I could be completely ignorant and blind to all of it, but I, I do believe in them, and you could see it with the smiles on everyone's face in the video packages. So they went at it everybody had their match out there but bobby lashley and braun Strowman came back to the united states of america and really gave the san jose crowd an awesome showing so uh that was that uh we got uh cesaro in the ring he's going uh gonna take a 630 from ricochet and when ricochet hit he landed on cesaro's thigh knee-ish area man we're all pulling for cesaro a lot of us are worried about it. I haven't really tried to look into it. I'm just hoping that, you know, next Monday on Raw, he comes out as if uh, nothing happened. Nobody wants to see, you know, the superstars get injured. And, you know, especially when they're in somewhat of a program that's getting pretty hot. You know, with him and, him and Ricochet have been giving us great performances in the past couple of weeks. And, you know, the United States Championship picture was, you know, like I said, starting to heat up. And Cesaro would have been an excellent addition to it. Maybe we didn't get him and Ricochet, well, him in the ladder match. But we would have, whatever this was going to turn into, gotten to see Cesaro, you know, get in there. And maybe even uh, win the United States Championship. Maybe not. Who knows? But uh, now, I don't know. But none of us do. We can all just hope and you know, really wish Cesaro, you know, a, a speedy recovery, and, you know, that's that, but uh, Ricochet did hit that 630, picked up the victory, and him, Miz, and Braun Strowman was standing tall, and, you know, that was, it was a good match, you know, all in all, minus Cesaro's uh, slight injury. All right, Lacey Evans and Alexa Bliss took on Bailey and the man Becky Lynch, the Raw and SmackDown women's champions, respectively. Tag team action, great, great stuff. Um, you know they had the the little you know side to side uh, face off. Becky and Lacey went at it back and forth. Lacey thinks that Becky's scared to lose it all, and I think that Becky is the man. I think Becky goes. And Becky ain't scared of nobody. She took on Charlotte, and she's beaten Charlotte a million times. She's shown a lot of improvement. We know that Lacey is really, really uh, athletic, and she's still a little fresh in the ring, but her confidence is totally there. To be the face of the women's division definitely is something that's, I mean, in the cards, I believe. But 
At the same time, there's been nobody hotter than Becky in the past couple of months. The only one arguable is uh, Seth freaking Rollins. And they're doing it both on their own. They've gotten to the point they've gotten to in their own respect. So, as far as the tag team match goes, um, first of all, it was a matter of redemption for Lacey Evans this week. And I was watching the match only to see how much she was going to come with that. Like, just not, just come with all of her skills, and she totally did that. Anything she messed up last week on, she told, she either threw it through to the side or really, really enhanced it this week. And I'm 100% proud. My favorite move, personally, this time around was her doing that over-the-top rope elbow. And from the apron, she, she got perfect height, and she came down with the excellent landing so good job Lacey excellent work I'm very proud um you seen uh, her go for I believe what they called the Merrill salt from back in the day with Mark Merrill but it was a little bit uh it's a little bit of hesitation going for the moon salt from jumping from the second rope but I mean what can you do you just want to make sure you got your foot and you don't want to mess it up so I'm willing to just bypass that one because it was a thing of beauty in the air. This is a part of the reason why I wanted her and Charlotte to remain together because they both got a really, really good moonsault. But, you know, these things happen. So, all in all, it was a good matchup. Lacey Evans picked up the victory with a bunch of women's rights. Great stuff. Her and Alexa Bliss um, both challenging for the women's championships at Stomping Grounds two weeks. Well, streaming, well, streaming in two weeks on the WWE Network. So, Man, this is just good stuff to lead to it. Uh, some people were saying that there could have been different ways they could have went about the story leading into both matches. You know, with just Lacey losing and rematch clauses being a thing of antiquity, the new era and stuff like that. And it's 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 a work in progress. I'm willing to work with WWE as they continue to, you know, have the show. Uh, you know, you flush out the the parts that people don't like and you you really enhance the parts that people do so i think that was a step in the right direction overall and uh all of the you know criticism and critiques i think wwe is listening to maybe just maybe they have to do rematches every so often you know just because of you know the superstars that are ready to be put in that position or at least that they think are ready um some people say that Mr. McMahon should have a little more faith in some of his superstars that he's not using. But I will say, uh, you know, this McMahon did tell everyone that he wants to give people the highest caliber matches as possible. So I believe it might fall on the superstar to uh, go ahead and show and prove in whatever way they can. I don't really know how the politics works, but, you know, just uh, let it let it be seen and understood that you're putting in a definite effort to be in the title picture or the television picture at that. Dana Brooke was on in a segment we didn't see, and she was out there doing the flex thing, which is a great idea. It's crowd interaction. You got certain people in the crowd really enjoying themselves, and Dana Brooke's song played in the background, and it it really looks, it, it was good stuff, so... Uh, Dana Brooke has been clamoring for an opportunity, and every time she gets one, she knocks it out the park, in my opinion. I'm huge on Dana Brooke. Love uh, just 
the story that she's been able to tell so far and what her character has developed into all the way from, you know, running with Charlotte and, uh, you know, running with Titus Worldwide and being at this point just trying to find some some good footing on television. Um, I think all of the superstars can do that. And I think that everybody right now is putting their best foot forward. All in all, in my opinion, just throwing it out there, it was a good show last night. It was an excellent role. So, you know, it's uh, it's it's a good direction everyone's going in, and all we can hope for is that it continues to go in that direction. I got it. And then the track starts. Look at that. I like how they're doing that with the music. Iconics have, right now, in my opinion, maybe like a t- the top five theme songs in today's era of WWE. Maybe that's just me. Though I like I like the music. I like how it goes. But um. They could, they took on two local competitors. I'm not gonna try to go into names, but um, did they defend the championships? No, they didn't. It would be good, and I've heard this from somewhere else. I actually agree with this idea. They're saying it would be great to uh, have the Iconics taking on all sorts of local competition and putting the women's champion, well, women's tag team championships on the line. And eventually taking on some sort of masked characters and losing the tag, women's tag team championships, and it turns out to be like the Kabuki Warriors or something like that. That sounds like some good stuff. You know, maybe WWE can go in a direction like that. Maybe not exactly, but maybe maybe they can. You know, they can do it that they want. But I think that uh, something like that just to keep the women's tag team championships interesting you know it's because the iconics are doing a great job in and of themselves but just to really have like a a solid storyline that they can go with and you know really uh give up their skills some people were not huge on billy k's in ring style but i think that last night she looked rather aggressive in the moments where she was doing the kicks and stomps to one of the local competitors uh peyton royce is excellent they have the uh, funny moments with they just the way they wear the championships and the the, the small pieces of crowd interaction. It, this it was a good match, you know, and they picked up the victory, hilarious celebrations and all of that stuff. So, uh, you know, shouts to the Iconics. Uh, the the championships can go from brand to brand to brand. We know that Sasha and Bailey uh, went and visited NXT with the tag team championships, so maybe the Iconics can do the same, who knows, maybe we can see them on uh, SmackDown, they're, right now they're doing the the sports team heel gimmick, which is something that does draw a level of crowd heat, but also I would like to see them just, uh, I don't know, you know, not you, you don't want to just run out of like steam for them when they're starting to get a little bit of momentum and traction, so I'm, I'm just, I'm pulling for them, so I'm hoping to see the best from them, uh, I wouldn't, like, just suggestions or something to think about, I wouldn't think, I wouldn't call out, you know, being the mean girls, but I think just being, like, really annoying, I think they want a backstage interview with, uh, with the lovely Kayla Braxton, I think that that was very comical, and they had moments, like, just, uh, just showing that character, I think she's, she has an attitude, and she clearly didn't have an attitude, but, it was funny, and right now I think that some of that stuff is, like, some of the stuff they're doing is, like, uh, really good, and it's keeping the women's champ, excuse me, the women's tag team championships somewhat interesting and entertaining, so 
uh, I would say let's just keep on building on that. So all in all, good match, good segment, good tag scene stuff. Usually we like to go over all of the action that uh, goes on on the show, but uh, this segment didn't have any like real competition in the ring because it was one of those it's very rare to see but anytime there's some sort of celebration it gets ruined luckily this time we did not have this celebration ruined which definitely solidifies it as one of the best in the world that's right best celebration in the world on wwe tv last night shane O'Mac appreciation is so many tenses he's celebrating uh beating roman reigns at saudi mania 3 super showdown out in Jeddah, and it was um good segment in my opinion drew comes out first actually has people doing the bagpipes well bagpipe performers bagpipists how do we word it whatever musicians out there really uh doing their thing playing to the uh to his theme song very cultured stuff felt great to see and drew came out looking very proud and you know just brings shane out and you know shane talks about his win over roman reigns pretty much uh, this brings out the uh, well then he brings out the revival and they set up a tag team championship match between the Usos and uh, the well Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder the major brothers so that's later on and they were definitely well, the uh, revival were definitely going to be invited to the celebration after the show with Shane O'Mac if they would be able to pick up the tag team championships so when they did get into that match, um, oh, wait, pause, Shane O'Mac poured double wide champagne into the best in the world trophy cup and drank from it, what a way to continue to get this world cup over, people can be mad all they want at all of the controversy that is the WWE Saudi Arabia deal, but one cannot say that they haven't put forth the effort on both sides to make that deal be as entertaining to the fans in the WWE universe as humanly possible. I think last night was an awesome addition to it with Shane celebrating, just pouring all of the champagne into the cup and, you know, taking sips, being backstage with it. It was really, really good. So maybe I'm the only person that is enjoying this stuff. I would really like to see the WWE Universe take to it more. But apparently it's not going to be... Well, let's say like this. If Drew McIntyre is going to have Shane McMahon in his corner at Stomping Grounds, then it might be the definite direction everyone wants to go in. But now Shane O'Mac looks like a, a major player in that rivalry. Like he's uh he's he's great in my opinion. I think he just doing what he need he's doing what he needs to do. He talked about getting the the great coaching from <clears throat> excuse me, the great coaching from Drew McIntyre and giving them some insight because Drew had been in the ring with Roman at Mania and um you know, just just words of encouragement. So I I'm I'm happy that it's all happening like that. I'm I'm glad that it's all, you know, uh, taking place in the way it is, and Shane just being able to add, you know, just enhance <laughs> the segment just that much more with sipping from the World Cup. Oh, it was hilarious. 
you know, it, 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 it's good. That's just me, though. I know that a lot of other people have a different opinion on it, but, you know, that's, that's all what it is. So, we'll see how it continues to develop. But, as far as the triple threat tag team match went between the Usos, the Revival, and the Major Brothers, Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins, they went at it. It was a real good match, fast-paced match, a lot of tags in that match. Uh, Scott Dawson is hilarious. And then this is the take, nothing away from, uh, what is it, Dash, da- Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder, right? I just get them mixed up. Uh, so, uh, you know, they're both the revival, they're both the tag team, they're both the top guys as far as right now in the tag team division and how it goes. You know, they have gone through a little bit of the silliness and they even said in a backstage interview where you know, like to have some fun here and there, but at the end of the day when when it gets going, they're very serious and, you know, they 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 definitely show and prove as they did last night in picking up the victory and picking up the tag team championships. Uh, Uso went for a giant splash after a whole bunch of super kicks, great stuff. It could have been a little bit better extension, but what I will say from a, from a positive note, or on a positive note with the Usos, I like the leather shorts because when they go for the super kicks, they're getting that much more sound on the kicks and they make the sound makes it feel more impactful. So, really, really good. I'm not mad at it at all. I'm, um, I enjoy seeing these guys work and it's, um, it was good. So, uh, Uso went for a splash after all of the kicks, but before he jumped off, we saw, uh, was it, uh, man, see, I mixed his name up against Scott Dawson, go for a quick tag, and Uso hit the splash, and was sent, was, went out the ring, and that was where Dash was able to pick up the one, two, three, well, excuse me, Scott Dawson, but either way, the Revival are the new WWE Raw Tag Team Champions, so proud of them, shouts to them for that, and, I know that now the tag team division is officially starting to get, you know, some real momentum on the good side of things. So, with that, let's get on into the next segment. Alright, now I'm not going to try to go into all of, you know, just all of the details of this because it was uh, it was one of those segments that weaved in and out through the night, which goes to show that WWE definitely does listen to a lot of critics and fans in the crowd that want to see certain stories get told certain ways. But the 24-7 championship, uh, always on the line. They, uh, they're fighting, they're running through backstage area, get to an elevator. Our truth shows them, look, you guys don't have an official, you guys might want to go get one, and then, you know, then we could try to get the whole, you know, the match continuing, because you can't, you can't pin a man if there's no official, right, so, uh, you know, the heels go running off to go find one, and everyone gets on the elevator, well, everyone that was left gets on the elevator, which was hilarious, because it's, uh, people don't understand, but I think it's, like, really cartoony, like, it's, um, you know, it's a lot of running around and craziness, but then when everyone's waiting for the elevator, everyone just stops and waits for the elevator. It's it's funny. It had a it was a, a real animated element to it, in my opinion. It was just it was comical, you know. So it made made one chuckle, but then they get stuck on the elevator. So she was on the elevator with like Carmella and uh, Heath Slater and Drake Maverick and. and uh, well, who else? 
EC3 and, and Cedric Alexander. So, you know, this is uh, this is them being stuck on an elevator, <laughs> and that was pretty much the the segment throughout the night. A lot of a lot of random uh, comments, and you know, it's a tense situation. So these guys all played it out really, really well. Apparently, Drew, uh, Drake Maverick is getting married, and EC3 who finally has words and is looking like a, a light light uh, drinker. You know, and I, I don't care. Some I think it was called a casual drunk or whatever. But I think that it's a fun, <laughs> fun addition to this character, if anything. But you know, we got to see, uh, we got to hear him talk, dude. You know, you're getting married, dude. You're my best man. All that funny stuff. But it was, uh, I thought it was, I thought it was well done. Now, again. Well, not even again, but I've heard that the, the numbers for the 24-7 championship on social media have been just phenomenal. And, uh, hey, I'm, I'm happy to know that, you know, the WWE has, uh, you know, gotten into a good space with, you know, getting that stuff going. You know, I can only hope that... You know, it can continue, you know, like don't, you don't want to, you know, fall into the early emotional storm and just, you know, you treat these things as if they're important. You don't want to start overproducing segments, but at the same time, if they found the secret sauce, then they can definitely, uh, you know, utilize that to continue, you know, delivering really, really good segments and fun things for the crowd uh, to find enjoyable whether they're in the building in attendance or they're on, on social media just really enjoying it so R-Truth is playing the part uh, excellently running around with Carmella and everyone else that's you know just you know in the mix of trying to uh, become the new 24-7 champion I think they're going to have a very tough act to follow with R-Truth uh, being 24-7 champion so we'll just see how the story continues to uh you know develop but i'm definitely having a great time watching and apparently so is the rest of the wwe universe along with some people that uh might have tried to leave you know and they might come back you know like you never know but you know feel optimistic toward it and let's just move forward okay firefly funhouse segment uh, uh I'm look. Some people were saying that it was WWE uh, shooting on uh, superstars that have decided to move on from the company and maybe try to uh, speak on what goes on backstage. And I mean, nobody really wants their in-house business put out there like that. And you know, it's. It's what it is. Rambling Rabbit was uh, trying to, well, who's alive again, apparently, was trying to start speaking on what really happens in the Firefly Funhouse, and Bray wasn't having that at all. Smashed him with a mallet, and um, then he had the clown nose on with the little red eye paint, and we all know what it looks like, who it looks like, and look. All I can say is the clown nose was an excellent touch. 
So getting into the main event, uh, Seth Rollins takes on Kevin Owens with Sami Zayn outside as the outside official. And uh, pretty much Sami's interfering in the entire match. Uh, Kevin Owens is trying to play up the fact that his, you know, his friend is definitely uh, doing a great service in helping him out. And ultimately, Sami Zayn uh, gets Seth Rollins disqualified from the matchup where Kevin Owens is now the victor. Uh, it, it was it was good, you know. I'm not like the hugest Sami Zayn fan, you know. Like I, I'm I'm alright with him. I'm just not you know huge on him. I'm more of a K a Kevin Owens guy when it comes to it, and uh, you know it, I like how Sami Zayn's character has developed, you know, throughout the months. You know, I'm just, just, eh. but he definitely looked excellent in the referee shirt, and we all know that Sammy's extremely athletic, so, you know, just being able to be, uh, just, just a little, just trolly like that, just, it, I think that's what it is, it's good heat on a WWE superstar, so I'm not upset at all at, you know the outcome it it continues to further the storyline with the universal championship at the end of the day so all in all it was really good stuff uh, i think uh seth rollins was able to take out sammy with the chair by the end of the night and that was how the show ended with seth standing tall after all of that so very good stuff for monday night raw uh got a paul Heyman segment that I didn't necessarily speak on but now officially uh, the Money in the Bank rules are back to the way we all thought they were going to be uh, initially with, you know, Brock saying he's going to cash in whenever he feels like it. He's not going to tell anybody. It's just going to be whenever it happens. And Paul Heyman is not really going to say when he's going to do it, but he's also not going to say when he's not going to do it or something like that. But all in all, really good, really good. It's I, I think Seth Rollins is gonna be uh in the storyline you know pissed off that it can't happen we've all heard Seth say he'd be relieved if, if he finally does or whatever we've seen Seth Rollins be able Seth Rollins be able to defend himself as universal champion it may have been small mishaps here and there but ultimately it definitely adds to the build-up of when that looming threat actually becomes a serious threat which it already is, you know, so as somebody in the WWE universe watching along, I think that, you know, that that presence is always going to be felt, you know, like Brock Lesnar as Mr. Money in the Bank is already a huge deal in itself, so with that, you know, always stay, you know, stay sharp and stay in your guard, keep your eyes, you know, in the back of your head, or all that, keep your head on the swivel, all that stuff, just you know, stay ready so you don't have to get ready. And that's what I think Seth is, that's what I think the story has been that Seth has been telling. And enjoyable stuff. So, oh no, a good Raw. I wasn't mad at anything. It didn't even seem like that long of a show. It felt like a, it felt like a three hour show in some senses, but at the same time, it felt like the show definitely went by without any real, you know, issues at the surface. So, uh, it was it was a good show. So, shout out to everybody who brings your podcast each and every week. I appreciate all of you guys. 
Um, tonight is SmackDown Live. We're going to have a huge uh, six-man tag with the New Day taking on Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and a third person that I can't really remember now. I think maybe Dolph Ziggler. I believe that's who it's going to be. So can't wait for that. Big E is making his return. And then we got a whole bunch of other stuff that's going to be going on. I think Roman and Drew are going to do a little bit of building. We're going we're gonna to see what continues to progress with the Shane O'Mac storyline. If anything does, who knows? I'm, I'm, I know some people aren't going to want to see that, but I'm, I'm not in charge of the product. So we'll see how it goes. But I'm definitely anticipating the episode later tonight. I hope you are too. So with that, I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Peace.